Good morning. I'd like to share with you today a topic which I think regarding Shalom bias is something that a lot of people don't even realize is actually something that you need to focus on, something that you must take into account. And let me explain with something that my Rebbe taught me. My Rebbe, Rabbi Dalla Shlita, explained like this. When you want to tell someone off for something, make sure both you and him are not tired and not hungry. What's the principle over here? The principle here is very important. There's something in this world which can be the make or break between results, between success and failure, and that is timing. Let's uh, come up to someone who I was upset with, and I haven't eaten, and I come up and I tell them off. It's not going to end so good. How much more so when they haven't eaten? Or let's say they're overtired, they haven't slept, or they're going through something at the moment. You've got to choose your time when to bring something up. How much more so? When it comes to your wife, let's say, for instance, your wife upsets you. You asked her to buy something at the shop for you, she didn't buy it, or she bought the wrong thing. So as she arrives home, what's the wrong thing to do? You check the packets. Um, didn't you get what I asked you for? Oh, I'm so sorry, I forgot. You know, I asked you, what were you thinking? You know, that is all wrong. What you need to do is you can quietly just look and see if it was there. And then if you notice it's not there, wait till the next day. Don't do it straight away now. Or let's say you're starving, you're at work, and you call your wife, please can you bring me a muffin? And you're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and it never arrives. So what's the worst thing to do? You call up, where's my muffin? Why didn't you bring it to me? You know, so what happens now? Now there's a whole strife and it could have been avoided. Let's say someone insults you, particularly your spouse. She said something that you didn't find so respectful. She made a comment in front of the family or in front of other people. The worst thing is, you go, even if you go to the side at the moment and you tell her why this, that, it can destroy things. The best thing is wait for a moment where everybody is settled as much as we can be and then slowly discuss it there. You know, I have a rule when it comes to fights. And this is outside the realm of marriage. How much more so in marriage? If the two people that get into a, a, an argument, a scuffle, they're upset with each other, Give it 48 hours. Right? I've had many cases where I have people that, you know, really upset each other. And people that were, you know, they were gunning. They really wanted to give it a go then and there. And even with me as the, in, as the go-between. And I said, you know what, let's meet in 48 hours. The world is a happier place afterwards. You know, as a father, you look at a three-year-old child. And you see the three-year-old starting to get really upset and grumpy, and you realize he needs to go to sleep. So even when he acts up, you don't take it too much to heart because he's overtired. Unfortunately, in many respects, when we grow up, we don't grow out of that. And sometimes a person can be really, really tired, but he doesn't want to say that he's tired, you know, and then he's admitting weakness. So he says, no, I'm fine, we can discuss it now. And that's the very worst time to do it. So when you want to bring something up, particularly with your spouse, you have to give it time. You have to learn to control 
what they say in the language of Chazal B'Shas Mice at the time that it happens. Don't let it simmer and then erupt at the moment. I know of a couple where the husband was a young married couple and the husband was, you know, had an issue with his in-laws, which unfortunately is very common. And what happened? He one time he just lost it and screamed at his in-laws in humiliating them in front of his wife. And that was it. She said, that's it. Gone and they took it to get divorced. And he regretted it so much. And so sad that because all it needed was a little bit of control, as difficult as the moment was. So that's the first thing is time. Second point is that there are some things where there is no timing for. Let me explain. Rav Perlman Schlitter in Yushalayim told me before I got married a very fundamental point. A lot of people think that your husband and wife have to discuss everything. Everything, how you're feeling on every issue. And it's a big mistake. And I'll give you an area where that's a big mistake. Particularly the spouse's parents. When it comes to your spouse's parents, never, never criticize them in front of your spouse or to your spouse. Never. Oh, they upset you this. You can always sugarcoat and say, look, this was a little bit trying. Wasn't so happy. Wasn't so this, you know. You can make a way around it. But don't say, look how they treated me, etc. You know, that's never going to work. Or she was so rude to you. So rude to me. And, my, and your father was so rude to me. Just keep quiet and deal with it. And then later on. You can speak in a very nice way about positive ways forward, but never insult. What happens if your spouse comes and says, you know what my mother did to me? Now you want to back her? You, you acknowledge, but you don't say, yes, your mother's this, your father's that. Never. Because when she's expressing it, she's reaching out to you to describe how she's feeling, and she wants validation for that. She doesn't want you to, to you now suddenly launch into a tirade against the parents. It's very tricky and very emotional. And one thing you always have to remember is her parents are responsible in a great way for your wife. You wouldn't have your wife if not for them. And you always owe them gratitude for that. And even if they interfere, even if they say things or whatever, never mind. This can be literally a make or break of marriages. And let me explain another thing which will benefit you from this. I have seen a number of cases where you have a couple that both sets of parents they want nothing to do with because of various reasons. And some couples, one set of parents. And you know what happens? What goes around comes around. The next generation, their kid, your kids who see that eventually end up doing the same thing to you. If you do this to your parents, the kids will do the same because that's what they learned. That's what they saw. But when you see couples, even if the parent is miserable and nevertheless you respect them, you deal with them, you take care of them, then your kids will do the same for you. It's by a home where I spoke to one guy who's, you know, his mother-in-law is going through a very difficult period and she's very old. And he said to me something so beautiful. He said, look, she doesn't like me. I don't like her. But... When she comes to the house, I'm going to respect her. I'm going to treat her well. And let me tell you, 
that he is the beneficiary of that in the most beautiful way. I'll tell you a story, beautiful story. Dovid Hashet tells over. There was a, uh, a young man who was very excited, he moved to Bite for Gun, and he was so excited that he was going to be able to dive in Roshona in the yeshiva. Oh, nearly, you know, young married, a few little kids, and his wife calls, uh, tells him, you know what, my parents have invited us for Rosh Hashanah to their home. Oh my word, a 45-minute walk, he can't dive in the yeshiva, it's the last thing he wants to do. Okay, he's happy to do it. But they need to take a cab there and then walk back. Fine, what happens? Going into, you know, the period just before Shona starts, everybody's now ready, he's about to call the cab, his wife's taking the time, and more time, more time, more time, eventually, he realizes it's actually so late, he can't get a cab. So what does he do? He has to walk. He walks, and the sun's setting, he's at Minch on the side of the road. All through that time, she's apologizing, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, and he keeps his cool. He arrives at Shul, he's late for Mariv, probably the first time in his life. He now has to sit through the long meal. He sits through the long meal, he's a mensch. He walks back, his wife has apologized the whole time, he said, no, it's okay. Inside, he's burning up, but he doesn't let it show. That year, he said, he experienced more brocha than any other year. Now, let me explain what happened. HaKadosh Baruch was testing him and said, you want bracha this year? You want it? Then you've got to live up to this. You have to stand up to the test. And he passed that test with flying colors. How often do we not see it that way and we react back and we blame? And all you get from that is faith. Hashem should bless us all that we should be zoicha to see the hand of a Kodesh Baruch learn control and take something which I love and it's called the shtumpel. Just silence. Have a beautiful day.